Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Influence. I'm your host, Adam Connor. Today, we're going to put this show on our backs. First off, if you are new, welcome to this community. This is a podcast all about how brands are mobilizing their masses to become more authentic, specifically through integrating the voice of the consumer into their marketing strategy. And I talk with CMOs and co-founders twice a week, so stay tuned if you end up liking what you hear. I'll explain how at the end of the interview. But today, we're on with a company that made me think of Dr. Seuss just in its name, but specializes in backpacks and travel gear. It's a company called Baboon to the Moon, and I'm on with one of its co-founders, Michael Kushner, to talk about how it uses experiential and other elements of the consumer journey to help better inform how it markets and how it grows. This is a company that's in the beginning of its growth journey and in the beginning of its journey as an entity. So I really appreciated the opportunity to learn from somebody who is so early on in the journey that their tactics are all new and able to be morphed from the ground up within the consumer voice. Of course, new companies begin every day, but this is a great way to learn how somebody in the travel industry does it, how somebody in the direct-to-consumer industry does it. So I was really pleased to have Michael, who we call Kush, on the show. I hope you enjoy the conversation as well, and check out some of their merch after this. I was actually struck because it's so visually appealing, and they take great pride in not doing what anybody else is doing. So listen in for how Kush describes that too. But without further ado, I'll back away and let you hear the story yourself. From Baboon to the Moon, this is Michael Kushner. All right, everybody, I am here with Michael Kushner of Baboon to the Moon. Michael, I I know you go by Kush, so we're going to use Kush. And that said, Kush, how are you? I am doing very well. Thanks for having me, Adam. Well, it's a pleasure. And uh, first, may I say that when I first came upon your brand, uh, I was like, the the colors, that's the first thing that I noticed. Um, We're going to get all into the, uh, you know, why you founded this brand and what is new and all that. But the first thing I got to say is just like the, the pure merchandise is like really striking. I thought it was really cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, we, we definitely like to lean into color and um, certainly are more maximalist than minimalists over here. That's a good way to put it. Maximalist. I like that. Um, all right. So let's, let's start then at the very top. Why, why baboon to the moon? Uh, what, what was, what was the inspiration there? Yeah. So the, the inspiration, um, I guess you can, you can say came from a lot of places, but um, my, my background is in advertising and, uh, I started as a, a junior art director at, uh, an agency called DDB. And I was always sort of interested in, you know, design, graphic design, uh, photography, di- directing, um, a little bit more of the, you know, the big ideas that are a bit provocative and, and make you think and, um, evoke emotion. And so it's all of those things, uh, kind of tied together that, that really inspired me and, and my partners to make a brand um, that was a bit uh, challenged the status quo and a, a bit different than everything else that you see out there. Um, and you know, Baboon to the Moon, just as a name, it's it's um, it's fun. You know, it makes people smile. Whether 
you know, sometimes we'll have calls with, you know, our credit card company and they'll ask, what's your, what's your company? And we'll say baboon to the moon and they'll just start laughing. Um, it's that, it's that childlike, very simplistic, sim- simple, um, you know, way of evoking laughter or fun. And, you know, it sort of has this Dr. Seussian ring to it. And there are a lot of references and it kind of means different things to all of us, but at the very basic level, it's, it's, um, it's about adventure and, and fun. Yeah, I picked that up almost immediately. I also didn't think about it in sort of that Dr. Seuss style. Now that that totally makes sense because just trying to visualize it, somebody says baboon to the moon, you think of like, I think of like a baboon on like a like a rocket ship or something like that. Um, so definitely like a whimsical feel. Certainly sparks uh, the mind and and allows people to imagine before really even. I mean, you hardly even need to know what the what the product is now of course obviously um that that's of course important and you know when you talk about we'll talk about the the innovation that comes with uh, the day bags and night bags and travels and suitcases and all that but before we do that i want to dig a little bit into that background in advertising specifically uh, the mind sparking uh, that you rely upon coming from the advertising world of course there are priorities such as being creative and following emotion and striking that emotion as you transitioned from being at an uh, an advertising group to running your own brand, what principles carried over, and did any not carry over? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I'd say the the thing that absolutely carried over is, and you hit it on the head, is following emotion. Um, you know, that's that's something that we talk about internally a lot. And if you know, if we're working on something creative and you yourself become emotional that's that's a good sign that someone else might become emotional as well if they um, come across this content and and so that's what we're always following we're always trying to get to that source of evoking some sort of emotion whether that's fun or um you know experience or adventure or um sadness it it doesn't really matter what it is but um whatever whatever you're going for if it sparks that emotion that's a good thing and so Another thing from advertising that I certainly learned and it crossed over is um, always, always sort of going against what traditional thought is. And you, you sort of have to, you're, you're trained to unlearn almost any rational thought. And you, you really have to dig down and say, um, you know, what if we looked at this, we flipped it on its head and, and looked at it from a different point of view. Uh, and that's, that's sort of the way we try to get ahead of of surprising people and delighting people. And, um, it's, it's always about, um, you know, creating something that you've never seen before. And that doesn't mean that it doesn't come from places of inspiration that, um, someone else has done, but it's, it's about combining two sort of disparate ideas and creating something new. And then what, what about the, the, what about the journey to the brand side was the most different or what was something that you that you didn't expect to be part of the journey of course all of this that might have been picked up from an advertising group is probably second nature and especially with this notion of uh of challenging conventional thought was there any conventional thought that snuck in though is something that you had to learn or adapt to on the fly absolutely and and that's the other thing about you asked you know what didn't translate and i guess um, you know, when you're in advertising on the creative side as a, an art director, a copywriter, a creative director or a designer, you 
you are constantly <clears throat> a bit selfishly, you're trying to make stuff that you really love yourself personally, and it'll go into your portfolio and it'll help you get jobs that uh, will, will be a part of the work that you really want to do. But you don't necessarily um, have the bigger picture. And what I mean by bigger picture is the business in mind. And when you transition into running your own company, that if you don't have a business, you're not able to create, you're not able to do any, any work whatsoever. And so there's this balance that you, you sort of get to see uh, that you didn't get to see in advertising and advertising, you know, you'd present an idea and it, in your mind, it's the best idea in the world and the client doesn't pick it. Sometimes they don't put the client doesn't pick it because they're scared. Um, they want to be a little bit more traditional, um, less risky, but, but also sometimes they don't pick it because it's not the right business decision. Um, and, and that's certainly something that, that I've, I've had to learn, um, transitioning and, and luckily I have two of the best business partners in the world, uh, Andy and Trey and, and they, they help me balance that, keep a good balance between business and creative for sure. Got it. So, so might you say, whereas your, your visions for something might literally go to the moon as the brand implies they, they keep you grounded. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Well, but I will say this, the, my partners, my two partners, Andy and Trey, and, um, you know, in, in the two hires that we have, Bella and Katie, we're, we're all sort of we are tied together um, by way of being non-conventional in some way, shape or form. So whether that's brand on my part or, or the actual business model or hiring, um, you know, we're always trying to, to think about things from a different point of view. And I think that's just inherent in our personalities. So we're, we're all a little bit, um, you know, uh, we're, we're kind of against the grain in that way. Sure. Sure. Different pieces to the puzzle. Um, so then let, let's talk about, uh, so this is a team of five, got it, but yep. catering to, to many, many more than that in terms of your audience. Uh, and, and as, as you describe it, these people are, are adventurers as, as your website says, they're accepting the mystery. Now I, I want to know how you are able, this show is all about figuring out how, you know, brands out there are capturing stories and then circulating them so i guess we'll start down that path of these adventurers who are accepting the mystery how, how do you encourage them to then talk about it i mean do you set up environments for that is it something that you actively post about um but i want to learn a little bit more about what your consumer is like and how they interact with you actively yep absolutely and i think it's a couple it's twofold but um, before we even get, in, get into that, I think it's important to state that, you know, our, our North star of the company is to have more adventures. That's, that's what guides us. Right. And so in our brand, in our product, it, we, we try to reinforce that over and over again in the product. It's something that's indestructible and that you can take with you forever and, you know, has a lifetime warranty and you don't have to worry about breaking it. Um, when you go on these adventures and then, you know, from a brand side, it's, you know, if, if you look at our Instagram page, baboon to the moon, uh, that is our storefront. And so you sort of get this emotion, emotionality of adventure. We, we talk about adventure in many different ways and we show what our version of adventure is. It's not 
um, you know, climbing. It's, it's not an expedition to Mount Everest. It's, uh, I don't know, a trip to the Berlin Film Festival or um, going to a music festival or um, riding the, the subway in New York in the morning. That's an adventure in and of itself. And so, and so we, we really try to um, reinforce, that, reinforce that in both the brand and uh, in the product. Now, in terms of how do we engage with our audience and how do they engage with us, we, we throw it out there on you know, organic social and emails and we talk about adventure in that way and they, they give it to us right back. And they'll, they'll, it's, it's, cra- it's still crazy to me to see someone that is not my friend who, is, who has a product of ours and, and films themselves, records themselves, having an adventure and, and posting and tagging us. And I think that's, that's to me one of the most gratifying things. So it's just recirculating that and talking about that um, which encourages other people to do the same thing. And we all want to have more adventures in life. And it's, it's, um, it's really nice when people actually, ac- actually reflect that and, and share. Now, some of the things that we do to encourage and, and sort of set up on our own is we, we will throw what we call IRL adventures. And so we're a New York, we're a New York company. And I'll give you s- some examples. We threw, an adult prom during fashion week. So this was like, we just, we just had everyone dress up for whatever, whatever prom that they thought would be fun and come to a Chinese um, buffet called China chalet and have a party that's inclusive as opposed to exclusive during fashion week. Um, We, we did a month of 99 adventures and this was everything from selling a, a vintage dirt bike to, um, selling a, a buzz cut in our office, which someone actually bought. Every single one of them was sold out. The buzz cut was, I think we sold it for 99 cents, but <laughs> one of, one of our, uh, a member of our audience came in and we sat them down and, and our intern gave, you know, brought out the clippers and gave them a buzz cut. And so really? it's these kind of experiences, you know, high and low, big, big and small, that we try to not only you know talk about but but also um, put out there as well and and you know we did we did another thing uh, an ice cream social we called it we did a collaboration with Morgan Stern's ice cream and that was for a launch of our bag but we we brought people together at an ice cream shop and Morgan Stern's made um, a special edition pancake ice cream for us. And we, we just do these little things uh, throughout the year. We had a 15-second film festival. Uh, we threw a dog party for our Dog Dreams bag release. We threw an Animal Talk concert. We, we do all these things in real life that um, we try to get our, our community involved. And the more and more we, we do them, the more people show up. Yeah. I And, of course, I'm sure that this has a uh, positive impact on the business. Obviously, I imagine the margin on a 99-cent buzz cut isn't huge. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I think this all for me, I, so I hear all these great tactics and obviously you have to stand out and, and attack that conventional thought as to what brands have to do. And I got to ask this because uh, I think I think you probably mentioned it already, but all this stuff to, to just make sure people interact with you. I mean, wh- why go out there on a, on, a, on a limb and do all this stuff? I mean, why? 
why are you? <laughs> I know we covered this in the pre, but mm-hmm. why are you the way that you are <laughs> as a brand? And it just right. seems like totally off the wall. Right. Um, well, for one, I think we, we on our team, we really believe that a strong brand these days you have to have a strong brand and a strong product. That's it. That's cost of entry. Um, but I think, I think, uh, we are slightly skewed towards believing in brand and, and how much brand matters. And that's not, that's not just branding. That's not just graphic design and a logo mark. That's actually what you do and, and how you are in the world and, um, how you inspire people and how your audience interacts with you. And so it's, it's certainly intangible, but, um, you know, it's not gonna, you can't say, did a buzz cut lead to a sale? Actually, we probably could track that because that person did end up buying a bag later, but, but you know what I mean? It's, it's not as one-to-one. Um, but we truly believe that, that having a strong brand an authentic brand, uh, and, and one that, that does, you know, stand out truly is thinking about you know 10 20 30 years from now and and not just how can i build my company up within 5 years and sell it it's it's really trying to set set a standard and and we have a lot of inspirations from you know companies brands like Benetton and um, and Diesel in in the 2000s that these are the brands you know Benetton specifically these are the brands that really are authentic to me and to our our company. We we sort of take inspiration from from the big ones like that. I want to get to your your use of that word uh, authentic in just a second. For for a moment, I do want to talk a little bit about the 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 not the tactic side, but the design side for sure. Because mm-hmm. as you have these people going through these experiences that you hold and going through their everyday adventures and sharing, of course, you would like those to be authentic as well. And to be, I'm, I'm guessing coming from the advertising world, to be consistent with branding, to be polished, to have a good look um, in general is important. And UGC is not always that. So I'd like to know, what, if anything, and it's not very easy for folks to do, honestly, because you could pick up a, a logo from anywhere, um, it seems. How do you balance people's use of your IP, really? I mean, your brand assets, your logos and things um, with being uh, brand safe. I mean, is being brand safe right now even a concern for a five person startup? I would guess not. But if you're thinking 10, 20, 30 years down the road, maybe you are. Well, definitely thinking about being brand safe. We, you know, I, I'm very, uh, I, I guess, precious about the brand. The brand is heavily art directed, heavily um, designed, and you know, I've I've worked with some of the best designers I've ever met, and and I, I try, we try every day to really keep keep our aesthetic consistent. Now, one of the ways to, well, a couple things. One is UGC. You know, it's it's all about channels and and which channels you decide to be polished in, and which channels you decide to be a little bit more raw and um, and unpolished. And I think, for instance, you know, Instagram Stories is certainly a way to express the more raw, unfiltered um, ways of of sharing our audience. You know, them them just sharing videos and and photos of them with our bags 
in, in different places. Um, now, that's not to say that 100% of what people tag us in and share with us, we repost. There's, there's also some curation there, of course. Um, but another, another way to really keep it consistent is just by way of color. So our bags are, are just, they are colorful. And, and if you include them in a picture wearing them, they will have some consistency. It was very bright and bold colors. And so that alone um, is, is one of the tricks that we use to sort of tie things together. Uh, other brands do it really well. Um, you know, I, I think Glossier does it really well. I think Outdoor Voices does it really well. I think Parade does it really well, where they, they sort of bleed the two together. And that's the goal, is to keep your aesthetic, keep your brand identity um, relevant and, and present. And, and also teach your audience in a way what, what gets reposts, reposted and, and what is that aesthetic? And then, and then everyone can sort of model after that and, and start knowing, okay, the Baboon to the Moon is going to repost this. Uh, if we shoot it in this way and if we show the bag, the, the bag's colors, um, that's the ultimate goal to get to a place where people just know your aesthetic and know your composition and, and everything kind of goes together. We're not there yet. Right. But that's, that's where we're headed. Exactly. Everybody's on a step of that journey. Um, so interesting to, to learn about as you continue to build relationships with, uh, with your community, I, I thought it was notable how you have Ne- never uh, formally done what you might call a campaign with an influencer or mm-hmm. if you have or somebody with some cloud you, you may you might not call it an influencer campaign but i do know that you refer to perhaps folks of that stature but we'll talk about what exactly qualifies them as such as athletes and how you define that might be a little different from your typical what you might think of when an athlete comes to mind but can you expand on this a little bit because I'd like to know some of the ways in which, you know, you build up your community. A lot of people use influencers. Your decision not to use that strictly seems interesting. Why? Yeah. Yeah. And so, well, a couple of things. One is with when you say athletes and when we say athletes, you know, you, you think about Nike has athletes. They have, uh, you know, a basketball player, or a tennis player. Right. Uh, when we when we say athletes, our athletes are musicians and art directors and writers and chefs um, and instructors, just people, people doing, doing a ton of activities in, in the creative community and whether they're, they're in a creative industry or not, or just interested in creativity, those are sort of our, our athletes and, and the ones who tend to be a little bit more global and want to have adventures and have experiences and and travel a lot and see the world and, and go to the newest restaurants and explore. And, and those are the people who inspire us. So those are the, the ones who we have relationships with. And in terms of using a, an actual influencer campaign, we never really made the decision like, hey, no, we're not going to do this. It was more, we don't really know how to do it authentically. And that doesn't mean we won't do it in the future. But the only authentic thing that we knew how to do was create these, I guess, more meaningful, um, time intensive relationships that are a little bit deeper. So because, you know, we are a small team and we don't, we don't have a ton of time to spend on that. So the, the relationships that we do have, we want to make sure they count. And it's, it's with the people who, 
who show interest in us and we, we really like what, what they're about and, and we want to highlight creatives uh, in general. So when there is, you know, a really good fit, our, they become our friends and they end up posting about us without us asking them to and without any payment exchanged. And it's just us supporting each other. And whether that's for an event that will say, hey, can you come in, you know, we'll, we'll help you throw a party for this event or, um, you know, whatever that is, we, we really try to develop these relationships so that they are a true, genuine uh, relationship and, and less transactional. Um, so that's really why we've we've never delved into the traditional influencer campaign uh, that we all know about. Now that's not to say, that's not to say that there's not a way to do it, um, you know, and, and there might be. But for now, this is sort of uh, paying off for us because the the few group, you know, the the twenty or so athletes that we've really kept in touch with, they support us and they they sort of have a, our back. Um, which is which is really amazing and and we love that i i love it too i mean you're speaking my language really but that is uh exactly the way that well i don't want to editorialize too much but that that's exactly the way that i think that brands should be doing things i think there's even ways to scale it up but that is uh i think it's because i grew a little weary and, and, and almost skeptical, but it, at the very least weary of like your traditional what you might call or even visualize in your head when you say the word influencer. So um, that was a curious point. And the fact that you bring it all back to developing authentic relationships as a priority and thus treating tactics in this way, I think is really interesting. It, it's on that note, actually, I want to dive into it a little more um, because you are at the relative beginning of this mm -hmm. journey to the moon you're a five-person organization you're just starting up you've got uh you're doing all these events you've got this uh curated list of athletes i think it's a funny way to describe what um what that is and it fits right into the stories that the folks that listen to this show are all about um because some of them work at fortune 100 or fortune 500 brands and obviously bazillions of people that they can market to at any given time some are sole proprietors, founders who are trying to make their way and um, looking at people out there who are doing it right or at least doing it maybe differently. So with that in mind, and I always sort of close with these, but I want to know some advice from you uh, to those people. What would you say are your tips or maybe a, a guiding light to follow when thinking about building a more maybe authentic brand? Maybe it's more authentic relationships, but building that mm -hmm. in general what sort of advice would you give to those folks? Yeah. So, well, I think, I think authenticity is, is really all about consistency more than anything. So if you have a, you know, a strong point of view, you have a, your North star, your, your decisions will be super clear. Um, they might not always be easy, but at least you, you know, you and your team will know what it should be or what it ought to be. And so making those decisions over and over and over and over again, based on your North star will, will keep your brand authentic. And once you start making decisions that compromises that North star, then, then your audience won't really trust you anymore. Or, you know, if, if you put out something that is completely different than what you say you believe in, um, then your audience will, 
will say, well, this isn't, this is what, what I signed up for. And, and they won't follow you anymore. They won't like you anymore. They won't believe you anymore. Um, <clears throat> so really it's, it's just all about um, staying super disciplined about your North star and which hours is to have more adventures and fun. And if you stick to that, that North star, um, then you, your authenticity will be pretty safe. And in terms of, of influencers or friends of the brand, um, and we, we have many as well entrepreneurs who have helped us along the way and continue to be our friends. But I think looking at that as growing with them instead of, uh, you know, trying to tap on someone or something that might raise you to the next level. And, and, and I think, I think that that alone is, is very powerful because it's like a, it's like a new class of entrepreneurs. It's a new class of creatives that we are friends with and who are growing uh, alongside of, of us. And whenever they're your friends like that, it's, you know, five, 10 years down the line, everyone's successful and big and huge. And we're all supporting each other because we were all there in the beginning. That's kind of the the feeling that, that we have and in, in the way we want to grow. Interesting. I, uh, I look forward to seeing how you grow as well. Like I said, I was struck as soon as I, you know, navigated, well, that's why I found you was navigate to your website and see it. Um, to see what you're doing with all of these adventurers, those accepting the mystery, the events, and all the ways that you are curating your 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 group of most passionate uh, consumers, it's all very cool to hear. And so, as you you move forward, I'll I'll be a fan. I'll be rooting from for you from the from the recording studio here. But for all the 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 advice and, and the tips and tricks and the tactics that you've uh, shared today, I can't thank you enough. Kush Michael Kushner from Baboon to the Moon. Thank you very much for joining the show today. Thank thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much to Michael Kushner from Baboon to the Moon for joining us for a podcast today. Have you ever considered space gear? Maybe that's the next thing that you should go into. If you liked this show, here's what you can do to stay in touch. Obviously, if you listen to this on iTunes or Spotify or Google, stay subscribed. You'll get the interviews as soon as they get released. But LinkedIn, we're also pretty heavy there. So Authentic Influence Podcast is a showcase page, which will have all of our episodes and clips and other fun little tidbits along the way. That's where you can stay following too. And of course, I'm there on LinkedIn generally, the platform. Adam Connor, connect with me, message me, follow me. Let me know what you want to hear next, and let me know if you like something that you've heard already. I'll be back again real soon with another fantastic story about how a brand is mobilizing its masses and becoming more authentic through integrating the voice of its own consumer. And until then, for Authentic Influence, I've been your host, Adam Connor, and you'll hear from me again next time.